Welcome to the Ultimate Dentist Podcast. Join us to hear success stories of various individuals and learn clinical and life hacks to help you become the ultimate dentist. Hi everyone, I hope you are all doing great. Um, so in this two-part series of communication in dentistry, I'm going to discuss about some of the tips and tricks I learned um, working over the years. And so the first part, I'm going to concentrate in learning or sharing my wisdom of communication in general. And part two, I will concentrate more about communication with full mouth reconstruction patient because it needs to be slightly different than um, when you are doing communication with patient on a day to day basis for single tooth dentistry. Patient is a patient at the end of the day, so you know it's not that much different communication. However, there are different approaches I use because if you're doing 10 minutes check, for example, you cannot propose full mouth reconstruction to patient in that 10 minutes, no matter how good you are at communicating. So, however, if patient needs just a one single edge bonding, then yes, you can discuss that within with the patient within that 20 minutes checkup. So there are subtle differences between discussing about uh, when you're discussing full mouth reconstruction versus single tooth dentistry. So in this episode, I am going to concentrate about just a general um, tips and uh, tricks regarding communication in, in general dentistry. So first of all, why you need to learn about communication? And this is, I've learned from my personal experience that before you even learn any clinical skill, you need to understand and learn about communication. Because no matter how good you are clinician, if you're not a good communicator, then patient may not say yes to your treatment which you are proposing, which is in patient's best interest. Um, and you won't be able to implement your clinical skills into that patient's mouth. So you need to learn communication before you actually learn clinical skills. So even if you have communicated with patient that, okay, you need a full mouth reconstruction, but you don't have the skills, you can either refer that patient to someone else or learn the skill and ask patient's permission to apply that skills on them uh, as a guinea pig. And you would be surprised how many times when you tell patient that, look, I've just learned this skill and I'm new to this, but I've gone through the proper training. Would you mind if I, if you become my first patient? Um, and yes, there are, you know, different ways you can give them a little bit discount, but many times patient won't even ask you for a discount and they would be happy for you to treat that patient because they know and because of your communication skill, the European building, they will trust you and they know that you won't do anything, something which you don't feel comfortable doing. So um, for me, I learned this hard way because I did my master's and, you know, I could do full mouth reconstruction. But in my first year out of dentistry, after my master's, I did only one full mouth reconstruction because I could not communicate with patient properly and no one would say yes to my treatment plans. And it's only then my boss uh, showed me how to communicate with patient because amazing or surprisingly enough, I was taught all the skills during the master's program, but I wasn't taught communication skills, which is the most important skill. So um, so I've learned this hard way. And, you know, I've um, initially I started, you know, 
doing communication, which sounded very salesy. Um, and then over the over 10, 12 years, I've, I feel now comfortable in talking to patient as a human being um, as and, and me as a health professional rather than someone who's trying to sell something to patient. And that's the difference. However, effectively, we are selling. We are selling our idea, our suggestion to patient, but you don't want to feel like you're selling and patient don't want to feel like they're being sold to in that sense. And which is the right thing because we are in a health profession. We are not in car sales uh, business or something like that. Um, so, you know, there has to be a professionalism in there. We can't really replicate what they teach you in car sales business into our healthcare business. However, there are a lot of basic principles which are which are still which still applies because ultimately we are dealing with human beings. Um, so learning communication will a increase patient satisfaction because patient will trust you. They will they will they know that your, their best interest is in your heart. You will reduce complaints. It will increase your case uptakes because again patient will trust you um, and they know that you know whatever you're suggesting is for their best interest. And again, I'm assuming. Uh, that you know we are all as a healthcare professional our duty is not to make money um, uh, it's not primary duty our primary duty is towards the patient and their healthcare so whatever you're suggesting yes monetary exchange has to happen because ultimately it's a it's a it's a world where you have to make money in order to fund your lifestyle your you know everything you can't go to tesco and say oh you know i helped 10 patients can you give me free food you know that doesn't work that way um so you know there is a monetary exchange however a primary goal is to take care of that patient the once you get a good ability it will give you, once you are good at communication, it will give you ability to implement what you've learned in your, those courses and you pay tens of thousands of pounds um, into patients' mouth and you get better at it by implementing, not by doing courses. You get better at it at doing courses and then implementing what you learned into, from, into a patient's mouth. It reduces stress because patient becomes your friend. When you're treating a friend uh, who is on your side, um, it reduces stress of doing dentistry. And of course, it will increase your job satisfaction. And every time I ask people about communication, you know, um, we all inherently think communication is what we speak. However, what we speak, a spoken word, is only 7% of the communication. 38% is tone of voice and 55% is nonverbal communication. And this is where many dentists get let down because many times they don't feel comfortable in talking to patient about um, what they think is the best idea because they may feel that the patient will judge them. Uh, patient may feel that, you know, they are ripping them off or something like that. And this is something in patient's dentist's mind and, and that kind of body tone reflects when it comes to doing full mouth reconstruction many times if you're not comfortable or you're not confident doing full mouth reconstruction that will also reflect and this is something i've learned where one of my um, dentist uh, associate um, who refer cases to me um, he referred a case to me and told me that you know this patient cannot afford more than three thousand pound treatment plan um, so I'm not sure 
you know, he told me like, I'm not even sure why this patient coming to you for implant because the patient needs four implants um, and, you know, patient can't afford four implants. Um, so I'm not sure why even patient bothering to coming to see me. And then when patient came to see me, we had a, a consultation and patient agreed to around, I think, twelve and a half thousand pound treatment plan. And the dentist was surprised as to why patient said yes to me um, rather than, you know, to him. And I said, I, I don't know. I, I have taught everything to the, that dentist, what I do. Um, there's nothing. I said, look, why don't you come in next time and sit when I am doing consultation? So you may be able to pick up some points. So he came in next time. And this dentist is a quite experienced dentist, um, much more experienced clinically in the sense that, years wise than me um, and then once that consultation finished um, he told me one thing which I never forgot that you know whenever he told me that whenever you are discussing treatment with patient you have full conviction that this is the plan and this is the plan which is best for them and that conviction patient sees that and they they trust me that you know I'm the person who can deliver into what they want really so again if you're not confident in what you're doing can show through and that can have an impact on your communication and ultimately your case uptakes so what else <clears throat> in this uh, podcast I, I mean i can't i do um i have got the um, communication in dentistry course on my website and if you ask nicely i'm more than happy to give you um uh, access to that course um, however this podcast I would like to um, discuss some points some few points which I feel is very important when it co comes to communication and we do less of it really um, and that's why I want to emphasize on a few points the point number one is really ask question don't assume when patient come to you and say oh i can't eat very well don't assume that they are getting pain from their teeth and because of that they can't eat or they are missing <coughs> missing teeth and because of that they can't eat so you know um make sure that you ask patient exactly why they they are struggling to eat what exactly happens every time when patient tells you something follow up by asking question usually what um, you can start question with what if you start question you want to start question with why then just be careful don't feel um, don't offend people by asking you know why why don't why don't you brush your teeth kind of that kind of thing you know so uh, just you need to be a bit sensitive when you are using why questions but what question and how uh, are, are, are really good questions to ask uh, which starts from there and um, ask follow-up question to patients such as, you know, can you tell me more about this? Or can you tell me what do you actually mean by that? Or can you tell me how often this happens? And that will, that will get you, get the conversation going and that will get patient opening up a bit more and you understanding what's happening. Other question you should ask is, what do you think about general health of your teeth? <clears throat> and many times patients are aware of the health of their teeth and they will tell you that, you know, they're not happy with it. And that's a good conversation to start when they are telling you that they are not happy with their teeth. And then whatever you suggest doesn't come across as if you're trying to push some treatment onto them. 
Um, the other question you can ask is, what would you like to improve? Um, and when patient comes to you with some sort of a, um, treatment suggestion, then ask them why now? Why they want to have something done now because you know if the, if the wedding is coming let's say which is in two two weeks time and now they need ortho you need to set realistic goals that that's not going to be possible and ask patient previous histories of um, their dental history and that will give you a lot of um lot of idea like if patient comes with a fully dentulous dentures and wants a new denture and if patient's already gone to 10 dentists and have you know 50 different pairs of teeth you know that uh, there's something going on and you may want to make it clear to patient that you know you want to first dig into the reasons why previous denture one good for him or her um, before you you offer any treatment and see if you can improve upon them the other um, point i would like to come across is we need to make sure that before you present any solution make sure you have all the information and again that's related to the previous point where you need to ask question so make sure you ask enough question to gather all the information you need before you start presenting patient with solution because you, you need to really make them understand and feel that you want to help them rather than just slop your suggestion onto them uh, without knowing them properly then the next thing is um, a recommendation and this is a big issue um, especially in, in in uk because of the litigation and everything we don't want to really come across um, salesy or pushy and that's why many times dentists will not give any recommendation. So if patient comes to the dentist, dentist will say, okay, you know, uh, it's a large restoration. I can do amalgam. I can do composite. I can do onlay. I can do crown. Uh, what would you like? Now, the problem is patient does not, patient is not a dentist. And that's why they are coming to see you. And, um, you know, um, if, if you don't give patient recommendation, then patient A might choose the option which is not the best solution. And we know that if there's a huge amalgam where there is a, a cusp, uh, you know, cusps are involved and marginal ridges are destroyed, only if it's possible is the best option. Uh, not even a crown because crown is more invasive than only. So for me, in my opinion, only is the best option and I'll tell that to patient. However, um, many times dentists don't recommend option because they are scared that patient will think that they are trying to sell something to patient. And many times, unfortunately, the, the best option is one of the most expensive option as well. So, you know, dentists don't want to feel that they, they're trying to be salesy or they're trying to push something. Um, and, and they don't want to sound pushy. They don't, they are not sure themselves about the option many times. So the dentist, because of their clinical skills, sometimes they're not sure about what's the best option available or what's the best option for that patient. And because of that, um, dentists may not be able to recommend that. But if, you, if you're not sure, then you need to tell patient that, you know, I'm not sure what's the best option. However, there is always you, you always have some inclination towards one option more than the other. And if that is, then I think you should let patient know. And many times dentists think that 
ethically, it's not right to do. And I'm not sure where that comes from. Having said that, when I was undergraduate, I was told not to give recommendation to patient when patient asks, which I totally um, disregard because, as I said, we are the expert in this field. Dent patients are not dentists, and they won't know what is what is the best option. Of course, our legal obligation is to give them all the options, including no treatment. But, you know, uh, I feel that we should give patient the best option available to them. Otherwise, they will miss out on the, on, on the, on the opportunity of getting the best treatment done for themselves. I mean, I'll give you an example. I, um, I used to drive a lot. Um, I used to visit 11 practices and work seven days a week and used to do around 1,000 to 1,200 miles a week. And because of that, my tires of the car needed to change at least twice a year. Um, and that shows about how I drive. But um, so there was a time where the tire needed changing. And, you know, I got a call from the garage saying that tire needs changing. And, I'm, and I know nothing about the cars. I'm not interested in cars. And I just use car as, as a vehicle from A to B. And um, I said, look, I, I don't know about the tires, um, but I, I, I don't want to get stuck. Um, I don't want to get stuck and had to take a day off because, you know, my days are more productive. And if I take a day off, there will be another 15 patients who will have to reschedule their days. So it's not a good idea. So I want uh, tires which will get me going in, you know, whatever rain, <coughs> all seasons, basically. And the guy told me that there are four different tires and, you know, they all are good. And I said, well, yeah, just pick one. Tell me which you think is the best. He said, it's like all of them are good. And I'm just thinking, I said, look, money is not an option. I want the best tire possible for the car. And he wouldn't give me the answer. And at the end, I had to just pick the name which I've heard the most. And I just picked the name and then had the tires change. But it was so frustrating that the person would not tell me what is the best option. And um, many times, dentists will, uh, the patients will not tell you or ask you, oh, can you tell me what is the best option in your opinion? Because many times they are shy. They, they f when you give them option, they feel obliged to pick one, basically. And, um, and, and, you know, you may miss on the point that, you know, to give patient the best treatment. So make sure you give patient recommendation. Now, there are other common mistakes which dentists do uh, including me, and I've caught myself doing this over the years, and I've trained myself not to do this. So whatever I am trying to, whatever I'm suggesting, I have made those mistakes, and I've learned from my own mistakes. So, um, so number one was judging patient. You know, when patient come to you, patients either exempt or not dressed very well, um, doesn't talk posh. Um, uh, you know, uh, the posture is not good. Their oral hygiene is not good. The oral health is not good. Patients irregular visitor to the dentist. And um, they said they, you know, not to require any treatment during last checkup. So, you know, they, they basically haven't visited dentists for a long time. And they, these are the few things uh, which may see, we may see on patients and we may judge them as to that, oh, this patient is not going to go for the treatment. This patient is cannot afford the treatment, which treatment suggests full mouth reconstruction. And that's one of the issues I've seen 
uh, where dentists have is they, they judge patient just because sometimes patients are exempt they won't give patient um, a full mouth reconstruction option and i have had a lot of patients who are uh, exempt who do not pay for their dental treatment going for full mouth reconstruction or orthodontic treatment or whitening treatment um, because they really value their teeth so our job is not to really judge even if their mouth is really bad the oral hygiene is not good we need to be neutral and tell them what it is exactly happening in their mouth and give them solution and that's what we are here for we are not here to judge why they get got to that stage of course we need to investigate and diagnose uh, the issue uh, as to how they got to that stage but we can't be judgmental about it and if you why we should not judge because you you possibly will hesitate in discussing all the available option to patient and you may lose patient who may have said yes to your treatment otherwise and worst case is that that when they go somewhere else and have the treatment and they don't they didn't even know that you provided that treatment i've had a colleague who came to me and saying to me that one of the patient one of her patient went to another dentist had a whitening done and came back and you know told dentist that oh he, he didn't think that she offered whitening so many time um you know we need to make sure that we don't we don't judge and again as i said i i make a conscious decision because sometimes when patient um do not take out of their oral hygiene they come with a broken dentition they haven't seen dentist for 40 years you know our our mind goes to that way that you know this patient they don't care about their teeth otherwise certainly they would have gone to dentist and have had something done about it but you don't know what you don't know and that's why we need to be neutral the other mistake dentists make is treating a stranger what does that mean is that uh, you know you treat patient who you don't really know very well if you do that uh, and if you do on a single filling that's different but if you start doing full mouth reconstruction then and if you don't know your patient very well then you can put yourself into big trouble because they might have unrealistic expectations such as aesthetic uh, longevity of the treatment risk or failures time taken for completion available time slots for your appointment they might demand like late evening appointments every single time um, and it could be disruption um, of the you know of, of your treatment because they they are really busy and they can't really accommodate your appointments and then your treatment can then drag on longer than you anticipate so i don't i've made promise to myself not to treat stranger if i don't have a good uh, feeling about patient that i don't really know this patient very well i politely tell them that look um, um i'm not the right person to treat you because um, I've over the years have been bitten many times where I've treated patients who um, I didn't know very well and you know once you take on the patient once you start that bigger treatment you can't really back on back down because now you started doing the treatment and you know you're almost touching every every single teeth when you're doing full mouth reconstruction now the patient's there with you for life almost so you need to make sure that you build rapport you're very good you need to be very good at rapport building uh, and communicate better at communication before you start taking patients <clears throat> for bigger treatment the other um, mistake dentists do which 
again, I used to do a lot. And now that I'm observing dentists, I see them making a lot of mistake is being very, very technical. You know, using word like amalgam, composite braces, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, you need to avoid using complex terminologies. You will either alienate a patient, make them look like a fool because they don't know what that term means and they won't ask you because they will feel fool, they, they won't feel good about it. And, and because of that, um, you know, they won't understand what you're trying to say and they'll go out and either ask reception if if they are you know they get the courage or they will just go home and do nothing about what you what you just said so what i would suggest is um have it have a like a rehearsal converse, consultation with your nurses record that and listen to that because i guarantee you that you you may be using a lot of jargon but you're just not aware of it um, and unfortunately, because of GDPR, we can't really record conversation with the patients. So you need to really play out with your nurses, unlike unless you are recording already your conversation with or consultations about with your patient, then it's a great tool to learn. Go back and then listen to that conversation and see how many technical terms you've used. The other mistake we make is overpromising and underdelivering. And this usually happens because of trouble doing communication this is not intentional but many times what dentist promises and patient hears that promise is completely different you know if you tell patient that i'm going to give you veneers and patient will hear that they're going to get veneers and their teeth will be amazing for life there will be no problems because there is something going on in there what they're talking to in their mind you you don't you don't know also, many times, because if you learn something new, skill, you want to implement it so desperately, um, you may uh, inevitably, um, unintentionally end up over-promising because you're excited and you really want to um, do that treatment for patient and you know that it's going to be really good treatment. But I always make sure that I under-promise and over-deliver. Because of my underpromise, if I lose a patient, I don't really care because you know I would rather that than overpromise and underdeliver, and then now I'm stuck with that patient because obviously then I need to sort the problem out. So, if you think or anticipating any issues during during treatment, just make sure that you discuss that with that patient uh, from from the outset. The other thing you need to become good at is taking rejection. Um, many times dentists take rejection very personally. They spend maybe, let's say, an hour doing consultation, taking all the photographs, <coughs> explained patient all the options and everything and told patient that this is the best option for them. And, you know, they're really excited. But patient said, no, I don't want it. I don't want any treatment. Or patient may go for the cheapest option possible. And, and, you know, that that is okay. You know, not everyone's priority is their teeth. They have other priorities in their life. Um, you may not have done a good job in building value, communicating with patient. And, and you know, 
that's fine. It's patient's teeth. If you give an option and patient selected one of the option, which is probably not preferred option for you, but you've given that option to patient, then it's your obligation to implement or execute that option. If you don't think the option is good enough for patient at all, then you shouldn't give patient that option. Um, so if you're not prepared to execute that, then you tell patient this is option, but I, I'm not happy to do this for you. Um, similarly, like if patient comes to see me for implant for a single tooth, young patient, virgin teeth on either side, then I will tell patient that, look, it's either for me, it's either implant or a denture if you want a replacement or nothing. I'm not going to do fix, fix bridge for you because I don't want to personally grind two healthy teeth down. Um, eventually, it will cost you the same anyway, biologically and then financially. Um, so for me, it doesn't make sense, but it is an option. And I'm sure someone else who may want to do that for you. Um, but but I personally wouldn't want to do that um, treatment. And so I do give patient option, but I would tell patient that I will not be willing to do that treatment for the patient. Um, so make sure that um, you avoid getting emotionally attached, even if you have spent a lot of time discussing treatment with the patient and had a good rapport with the patient as well. Learn from your experience. Ignore vocal patients. So like many times, patient will really shout in your ears like, how much? You know, how much is cost? This is so expensive, ridiculous. Dentistry is so expensive. And, you know, you need to just ignore all that background noise um, because, you know, you will find those one or two or five percent of patients who are really vocal and really loud. Um, but, you know, ultimately you need to think about those 95 percent of patients who are nicer. The other worry dentists have is feeling like a salesperson. And this is something really big, especially when it comes to doing full mouth reconstruction, because it's a very, it's a high um, it's not like a single filling. The the typical full mouth reconstruction is you. If you can go back to the episode which I've covered, fee setting, it's between anything between eight to nine thousand pounds, and that's a, a lot of money for some of the patient. And you know when you're proposing that, many times patients are not in pain, and this is something you're proposing as a an enhancement to their oral health to make them better stabilize the oral health, um, and that's why dentists can become concerned about being salesperson. However, you need to understand that you know everyone sells something. You need, you know everyone's selling ideas, opportunity, or solution. Your job is to communicate with that prof patient professionally and give them all the option. As far as you've given patient no treatment option and all the rest of the option, then there is no reason why you should feel that you are a salesperson. Yes, if you're working from the sales script, which someone has taught you in a course and told you that you, this is the script you need to stick by, of course, you're going to sound like a salesperson because you are reading from a script. As far as you understand that the person sitting in front of you, patient is a human being, and you're trying to help that human being, then you will, you will not feel like a salesperson. You know, all you need to understand is you're trying to help that patient. Now, if that patient does not accept your help, then that's fine. You know, you shouldn't affect you. And I tell patient now that, you know, whether you go ahead with the treatment or not, it's not going to make affect me at all. Um, however, it will affect you because in the long run, you are going to 
uh, your teeth are going to deteriorate further. And if you do act now, then we we at least reduce that deterioration or the rate of the, of the deterioration. And lastly, lack of consistency. Many times what happens, we go on a course, you listen to this podcast and you know, you get, no, you know what, I need to be really good at communication now. I'm going to take photographs for every single patient. I'm going to, you know, talk all the option to patients. And then what happens after two weeks, three weeks, all the motivation goes down and then we become less consistent. We become complacent. And then you start taking photographs. The The camera doesn't come out. And you look at the patient, you think, you know, uh, I, saw, I saw this patient six months ago. Patient said no to the treatment. So probably he will say no again anyway. So my, why should I bother even discussing all the options, wasting my time? And you don't offer option to that patient. So make sure that you... Um, be you are consistent in your approach you know even if patients say no to <coughs> the treatment last time you still go back to the you know same consistency tell them exactly the same because patient at the end of the day coming to you six monthly to give the report now if patient tells you that oh you know you told me last time and i don't want it I say, you need to tell patient that you are here for your checkup and I am here to tell you what I find in the checkup. If it's the same thing as last time, I'm going to say tell you the same thing as last time. You know, you don't, you don't, you know, go to um, dentist for a checkup and not expect to give you a report of the checkup. So ultimately, you need to be consistent. And the more treatment you propose to patient, more patient are likely to say yes to your treatment because you'll get better at it you'll get better at diagnosing you get better at communicating and overall your success rate will improve so i hope you enjoyed this podcast and i will see you in the next podcast